I hope everyone is enjoying the day out today. It is gorgeous. Spring is finally here. I want to welcome you to my podcast, YQG in Bloom. I am your host, Tracy Martins. Now, today I am talking to Steve Gavrilos from Easttown Pharmacy. He is the pharmacist and the owner, as well as he likes to talk about and promote the whole food plant-based diet. Did I get that right? You got it right, Tracy. Oh, hi, Steve. It was so nice to have you here. Tracy, thank you so much for inviting me here. And I want to congratulate you, first of all, on the YQG and Bloom's uh, show. I think it's fantastic that you promote uh, the businesses in Windsor, and I give you and John a lot of credit. And uh, you have a fantastic studio here at Clear Rock Studios <laughs> on Eugenie. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. How long have you been a pharmacist, first of all? Uh, well, I've been a pharmacist for a long time, actually, since uh, 1987. So it's about 30, it's going to be 35, 36 years this year. Uh, and I've been mainly an independent pharmacist for that whole time. Okay, so you've had Easttown Pharmacy the whole time? Actually, no. See, Easttown Pharmacy is actually my seventh, if I count. I've had uh, six pharmacies prior to that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them, I was a majority partner out in Decumcy Town. Another one I was a partner with a great friend of mine. And the other ones, I owned them all by myself. As a matter of fact, I had one right across the street from you, Kitty Corner, <laughs> on Howard and Eugenie. Uh, which was a pharmacy, cafe, and drive through It was called the Medicine Cup, and it was a very good um, business model, but unfortunately uh, the city uh, and some other parties involved kind of affected the, the income, the, not the income, the uh, access to the property when there was uh, expropriation and construction that happened. Uh. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, I've had a lot of experience um, over those years. Um, I had a really nice pharmacy in South Windsor uh, called Pharma Health Drugstore. And I really enjoyed that area. It was in Yorktown Plaza. On oh, Grand yes. Yeah, yeah. Right by my house. Is that where you live? Yeah. yeah. Great area. A lot of great people out there. I really miss the area. Uh, I made a mistake. Uh, I think I look at it as a mistake to go to Target and become the Target pharmacist uh, <sighs> with my uh, good friend and business partner. Uh, unfortunately, Target uh, pulled the plug after two years and, and declared uh, bankruptcy. So we had to move back to that location uh, in that same plaza. Built a new pharmacy called Yorktown Pharmacy. And unfortunately, with all the debt that was accumulated, we had to, uh, you know, kind of sell the pharmacy. And uh, since that time, I've been at Easttown Pharmacy on the East End, mm -hmm. Tecumseh and Lozon in Easttown Plaza. Uh, and uh, it's starting off, uh, it started out very slowly, uh, but it's finally picked up after five years, I have to say. <laughs> so you got to be patient. Always, always. And I mean, patience is a virtue that I don't have. So <laughs> I know. But you also, you provide lifestyle medicine and healthy choices to your customers as well, which is great because usually when you have doctors and you have pharmacists, it's all medicine, medicine, medicine. And they're leaving out the important part, which is your lifestyle and what you put into your body on top of the medicine. You're absolutely right. I mean, to be to be fair, uh, there's not a lot of whole lifestyle and nutrition courses in medical school and pharmacy school. Um, but what I do is, because of a personal um, health uh, journey that I've been on for the last six years, uh, I've learned about nutrition as being, you know, the core the core thing you can do to uh, maintain your health and also to reverse uh, many common illnesses. So I'm really a traditional pharmacist that dispenses medication. 
uh, does the counseling, all that stuff. And just to add, uh, recently pharmacists in Ontario are now authorized to prescribe for minor ailments, which is kind of exciting. Yes. Uh, allows more access uh, for patients that need these minor ailments. But also I'm, I'm what you call a, a lifestyle medicine pharmacist as well. And that's exactly what I do is I promote whole food, plant-based nutrition and lifestyle changes. Now, what started you on that journey? Yeah, it was, like I said, a personal uh, a health a health scare that I had back in uh, 2017. I developed what's called ischemia, shortness of uh, breath due to poor circulation to my heart. And, um, you know, instead of following the traditional route of getting an angiogram, possibly a stent, possibly bypass, uh, I actually discovered um, a fellow uh, physician in the United States I uh, found him online. His name is Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstein at the Cleveland Clinic. And actually, I uh, have one of the, the video here. It's called Forks Over Knives. So he's one of the stars in this one, along with uh, many other uh, plant-based physicians. They are physicians that promote a whole food plant-based diet. And so I went to a seminar there in 2017. And uh, make a long story short there, I was actually able to reverse my heart disease in about six months. I don't know the severity of it because I didn't get an angiogram, but I couldn't walk across the street. And so heart disease in the United States is the number one killer of men and women. And in, in uh, Canada, it's actually number two. Cancer is number one. So I was very fortunate, and I thank, you know, God and Dr. Esselstein <laughs> for, uh, you know, having this uh, thing that, that's available to so many people. And if anyone gets a chance to watch Forks Over Knives. It really is good. I've, I've seen I've that seen on um, one of the streaming services. I'm not sure which one because I know they all tend to change up. But it was really, really interesting. People that I know myself, um, I have a family member that has cancer. And the first thing the doctor in Toronto told them is, get rid of anything white and get rid of anything that has sugar in it because sugar, your gluten, your white pastas, your white rices all feed cancer. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, food, uh, besides being nutritious, uh, it can actually uh, create disease. Mm -hmm. So food does a couple of things that actually can uh, create disease, but it can also stop disease and actually it can reverse disease. So depending on the kind of food that you put in your body, and you mentioned it perfectly, Tracy, it's all about the, 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 the processed foods. I mean, uh, people don't realize it too much because it's not really heard too much. We hear about diabetes and we hear about type 2 diabetes and obesity and heart disease and cancer, unfortunately. And these have become normal in society today, whereas, you know, about 40, 50 years ago, you wouldn't hear that, you know, very much because most people were healthier, I would say. But the problem is we don't hear about um, NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is just how it says it's when the liver accumulates so much fat that it creates insulin resistance, which mm -hmm. the insulin doesn't work. And uh, it creates all these metabolic problems in the body where you get high cholesterol, high blood sugar, uh, high blood pressure, and then obesity as well. So you're absolutely right about the processed foods and the flowers and stuff. Well, I don't have fatty liver disease, mm -hmm. but as we were talking about, I do have diverticulosis, but I've had many flare-ups over the years mm -hmm. that were misdiagnosed from doctors, which is common. I mean, a lot of our ailments that we do have, it's guessing games as to what causes it or what doesn't. So I was told the standard, don't eat anything with skin, anything with seeds and... And I found out when I went keto, all of a sudden I was able to eat everything again. 
and it was the gluten and anything white was causing a lot of inflammation. But my point being was that from all of my different flare-ups throughout the years, at first the doctor had told me they thought I had liver cancer because they saw tumors in my liver Mm -hmm. until we did a little bit more research to find out that I had like eight cysts, non-cancerous, but they were all cysts caused from the inflammation and the infection from the diverticulitis. And that's when I started finding out that there's a lot that it can affect every organ that you have. And people don't realize that something that's intestinal can interfere with your heart, your kidney, your liver, your lungs, and it's all interchanging. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So how do you find that the whole food plant-based diet has helped you? Other than, obviously, like you said, your heart. Yeah. Well, actually, it's helped me in many different ways. Uh, For example, I've successfully reversed my my ischemia. And along that journey, I was also able to lose about uh, 50 pounds. I used to be about 200, let's say 195 to 200. And uh, when you adopt a whole food plant-based diet, what you're doing is you're sticking to the the plants, which are, you know, the fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, uh, legumes, and and those are all very low on what's called calorie density. Mm-hmm. So calorie density, I mean, there's people that are always trying. I mean, it's a big billion-dollar industry, you know, the weight loss and the vitamin industries. And, you know, any kind of diet works, let's say, a deprivation diet, uh, when you have uh, deprived calories and you have low calories. But the problem is they're not sustainable. Mm-hmm. When you stick to a whole food plant-based diet, you're not really depriving yourself. You're not really hungry. You're not hungry at all because you're eating enough food to make you feel satiated. It fills up your stomach, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent. And then at that time, you're not, hung, you're not hungry anymore. But at the same time, you've taken in less calories. That's, that's the beauty of the whole food plant-based diet is that you can constantly eat. You're not starving yourself. With the whole food plant-based diet, can you still have whole grains? Yeah, that's a good question. With the whole food plant-based diet, you can have whole grains because they're not processed. For mm-hmm. example, people that eat... Uh, Oatmeal, oat flakes, those are highly processed. But then when you go take it back a couple steps and you get to steel cut oats, Mm -hmm. those are very minimally processed. But what about the rolled oats that you still have to cook on the stove for like five minutes? They're the ones before the steel cut. Are they processed? Uh, Definitely. I mean, things can be processed to different stages. For example, if you take an apple Mm -hmm. and you cut it into slices, that's the first step of processing. When you take that apple and you... uh, juice it that's another stage of processing when you take that apple and you put it in apple pie and you add you know sugar and and let's say fat and whatever and the, and the flour as well that's the you know the last stage of processing so whenever you you move up a step of processing you're taking away the actual fiber and the water which makes up the whole food mm-hmm. and when you do that you're losing uh first of, first of all the the original grain let's, let's talk about oatmeal as you said uh the original grain uh, has the coating on there and it has the vitamins in there and uh, it has, you know, the uh, all the nutrients in there. But then once you process and you get the rolled oats, then you basically stripped away all those things. Uh-oh. You stripped away the vitamins, you stripped away the fiber, and all you're left with is the, the carbohydrate, like the flour. So there's not really any difference with that. So stick with the, the steel-cut oats, which works out because... A lot of people we are so busy, they do the overnight oats, which is great for the steel cut because it takes a while for them to be processed. And what about whole grain bread? 
Yeah, all those things are, you know, processed a bit, but obviously we're going to have to introduce them into our into our diet to, to some extent. Uh, the whole food plant-based diet doesn't mean you have to be 100%, you know, eating uh, foods from the ground, because mm -hmm. whole food means the way it grows in the ground, or, you know, when it comes on a tree. Those are whole foods are in their original state. But, of course, you know, if you keep those to a minimum, uh, the whole grain bread, uh, it's a little. It's a lot better than the processed. Again, you're you're still having some of the original intact grain in there. It it does have more calories than let's say if you have a potato or if you have a sweet potato. Those are less calorie density. So the, the more you go away from the original food, you're going to have more calories. And then when you go all the way up to um, processed uh, processed food like junk food, you're talking about 2,700 calories per pound. Whereas for example, uh, vegetables are about 100 calories per pound. Yeah. Now the worst, the worst thing though is oil. Oil, people think it's very healthy, but it's got the most, it's the most calorie dense uh, product on the on the planet. Uh, for example, uh, oil is a th four thousand calories per pound. And that's why when you take a tablespoon of olive oil, you look at it and it says 120 calories for a tablespoon. Yeah. That's equal to two apples. <laughs> and, you know, and then I tell people, well, what are you going to get full from? Are you going to get full from a tablespoon of olive oil, or are you going to get full from two apples? Yeah, minimal processed is the whole key. You know, if you can go the most unprocessed, that's the best. Now, what is the difference between the whole food plant-based diet and, say, vegan, being oh, a vegan? Wonderful question, wonderful question. Well, they're kind of used interchangeably, uh, but the whole food plant-based diet, which sometimes they call plant-based diet, but the correct terminology is whole food because the word whole is very important. Um, Veganism is actually not a diet. Veganism is an ethical belief system to mm -hmm. prevent cruelty and exploitation of animals. So because a vegan, they call it a vegan diet, doesn't have any animals, you don't, you know, you don't eat animal products, or dairy, eggs, you know, cows, pigs, mm -hmm. sheep, chickens, and they, they, they use it interchangeably with whole food plant-based diet. But the problem with a vegan diet and I don't like to call it vegan, but I mean, that's probably the more popular term mm -hmm. is that vegan diets can be just as unhealthy as animal-based diets. Definitely when you're following a whole food plant-based diet or, or vegan diet, you're not having any animal products, so you're going to be deficient in B12. So vegans, and I support vegans 100%, mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic thing, and I, and I, I agree with that 100% uh, to you know, stop exploitation and animal cruelty. Uh, but the vegans, there's a difference between a healthy vegan, as you said, and an unhealthy vegan. So the ones that are just doing it to save the animals and not participate in that, uh, you know, it's great that they're doing that, but they need to get more informed and more educated about what's good for them as well. So they stick to a whole food plant-based diet and add B12. Yes. Because you don't get the B12 if you're just sticking to plants. So it's very important that people supplement with B12. Uh, they don't need a lot. They just need about uh, 100 to 200 micrograms a week. So like I take a thousand micrograms one or two times a week. I mean, I'm probably overdoing it, uh, but you know, you can't really uh, overdose on, on B12, especially taken as a supplement. The other thing I always recommend to people in general is to take uh, vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Yeah, vitamin D is very important. Uh, of course you get it from the sun, not from animals, but you know, I, I recommend those two things. I found out when I was a teenager that I was uh, B12 deficient mm -hmm. and I actually had 
lost my short-term memory for 24 hours. I knew who I was and I knew who everybody else was, but I couldn't remember anything that I had done. And it took a neurologist to find out that I was B12 deficient. So I take 1,250 MCGs a day mm-hmm. as well as um, the B100 or B complex. Mm-hmm. Because I found out that no matter how much fruits and vegetables that you eat or B12 rich foods that your body just doesn't maintain it, it doesn't keep it, it just flows through your system. I want to talk about the blue zone, Mm -hmm. which my gram lived to be 96, almost 97, and my great gram was 94. So why don't we touch on that and how I can make sure that I I can live as long as them. Uh, the blue zones are areas in the world where a fellow named Dan Buettner mm-hmm. basically went and studied these type of people. And they lived to, to their uh, 80s and 90s and some in their 100s. They're centenarians. And so he studied why are these people living so well with so long with very few medical conditions. And uh, there, there's um, nine principles that people in the blue zones follow. One of them is to be active. They don't have to do exercise like going to the gym and stuff, but as long as they're gardening or walking or moving around. Another one is to have purpose in their life. You know, when you wake up, you have a purpose, you know, something to live for. Um, Another one is to eat less meat. Uh, Another one is to eat more beans. They found that a lot of these people eat more beans as a a staple. Uh, Another one is to to have uh, family and, and have connections, social connections, reduce your stress. Stress is a big thing. Mm. Stress is a killer. And not to get uh, off tangent, uh, but to get off tangent, mm. stress uh, actually increases uh, cortisol in the body. And cortisol is good in the fight or flight, you know, if you're running away from <clears throat> a lion or something. Uh, but when, you, when we're constantly under stress, in this society we're always under stress, these high cortisol levels cause a lot of inflammation and, uh, and increased cholesterol, increased blood pressure. So that's another one that, you know, find time to relax. Like in those blue zone countries, they'll take a siesta in the afternoon. It's definitely not North America. <laughs> it's not North America, definitely. Yeah, we're, we're always go, 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 go. And that's why our lifespan and our health span is, is a lot less. Mm-hmm. And so the blue zones, um, the main thing that they did, uh, the main thing that they do, the common denominator problem is eating more of a whole food plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Okinawa, Japan, for example, the home of the Karate Kid, I always say that. Uh, Okinawa, Japan, they have a 95% plant-based diet. They might eat some seafood. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about animal products. You know, they, they eat seafood. But their, the bulk of their, their plant-based diet is sweet potatoes because there's a lot of fiber in sweet potatoes. They're low-calorie density. Uh, you have Sardinia, Italy, uh, Icaria, Greece. Uh, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. And the fifth one, which I always tell people because I, I get shocked, is uh, a place in Loma Linda, California. You want to know why I get shocked? Yeah. Because United States, what is it, what's the population of the United States? 330 million? They're 5% of the world's population. There's like about 8 billion people in the world. 5% of the world's population. They use 75% of the world's drugs. That's, it doesn't shock That's me. huge. So then you have this place in Loma Linda, California, where these people are actually part of the blue zone. Say they live healthily till their 80s, 90s, and 100s. Say, well, well how does that happen? Because they avoid the, the North American or standard American diet, which is laced with saturated fats, 
mm-hmm. animal products, junk food. Junk food is a big one. Mm-hmm. We don't want to. We don't want to give it any less attention. That's a huge one. And so they basically these the Loma Linda uh, people actually follow uh, parts in the Bible. That's that's their kind of motivation to say I'm going to avoid animal products. They don't drink very much alcoholic. In the other blue zones, they might drink one or two glasses a day, let's say. But the uh, people in Loma Linda, from what I understand, they don't hardly drink any alcohol. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing that, that they're there in, in, in a pocket in the United States. And uh, here in Canada, I mean, you know, anybody could be living in the blue zone, in their own blue zone. Mm-hmm. Because I tell people, like I've been to some monasteries in Greece, and it's called Mount Athos in the northern peninsula of Khilkidiki. And so you see how the, the monks there live. And what they do is they follow a predominantly plant-based diet. They eat fish once a week. So that's, what, 48 days a year? That's the only time they're having really animal products. They still have dairy and eggs. But I say, listen, if you know what these people do, like you mentioned, why don't you take that back to your house? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do it? You don't have to go live there. I mean, you know, take that back to your house. Eat, eat basically mainly plants. Uh, you know, if you eat animals, uh, it's up to you uh, because, you know, some people want to participate in that, uh, you know, vegan type of philosophy, which, you know, like I said, I agree with 100%. But Uh, if they do want to, say, have meat, make sure that it is organic, grass-fed, low in the saturated fat, the lean that, that's that's exactly it, you know, because the whole food plant-based diet is not like 100 mm-hmm. uh, percent. Perfect is the enemy of good, as Dr. Shane Williams, a cardiologist in Bracebridge, says, mm-hmm. and he promotes whole food plant-based nutrition. Perfect is the enemy of good. So you don't have to be perfect 100 percent. But if you can switch from eating meat, if someone could switch from eating meat, let's say three times a day to three times a week, right there, you've number one, you're going to lose weight. Because you can avoid the saturated fat, you can avoid the the stress hormones, you're going to avoid the antibiotics, you're going to avoid the growth hormones, and um, you you touched on a very important point that if people who are eating meat, and you know, I don't expect people to wake up tomorrow and stop eating meat, uh, and I understand that, um, but uh, don't eat the meat that's from factory farming, mm-hmm. industrialized factory farming. Uh, we. We've been through a pandemic for the last three years now. Where did it Where did it come from? It came from, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say where this pandemic came from because there's different theories, but in general, pandemics, like, uh, they come from uh, animals, livestock being uh, housed so closely together with the diseases and the antibiotics and all that stuff. So when you're eating meat from a, a factory farming, you're getting those antibiotics in there. Mm-hmm. And it's destroying your microbiome. It's destroying the good bacteria in your gut. That's the main thing. So if you're going to eat meat, make sure, as you said, to get the one that's free of antibiotics and free of steroids and free of all those things. I have bought organic, grass-fed, hormone-free, extra lean ground beef. And then I've also gone to the grocery store and bought the extra lean ground beef. The amount of grease that mm-hmm. comes out of this extra lean ground beef from the grocery store compared to the extra lean ground beef that is organic and grass fed there's nothing to drain out of that one so it's costing you a little bit more but at the end you're probably saving on medication and you're saving your health well absolutely yeah when you pay for something that's higher quality Hopefully, it's going to be better for your health. Uh, but, you know, just to add something to what you said, I mean, uh, I love plant-based hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even use a portobello mushroom and make it into a hamburger. You can Those make are really good. Bean burgers. Yes. You can make bean burgers, chickpeas. You can add the steel-cut oats in there. Mm-hmm. 
we love to have, you know, whole wheat spaghetti. But instead of ground beef, we use lentils. They're very similar in texture. Well, I'll say in texture to ground beef. I'm just learning about yeah. legumes and lentils and that, and I'm actually really enjoying them oh. a lot. Auntie Aldous out in Cottom, she makes a lentil meat, uh, the meat pies, but the lentil ones, and you can't tell the difference. They're amazing. Exactly. It's not when you're eating an animal-based product, like when you're eating a hamburger, let's say, you're not really tasting the meat as much as you're tasting all the condiments on top, right? Mm-hmm. And you're taking, tasting the bread, let's say, the tomatoes, ketchup, pickles, all that stuff, onions, and then you're like, oh, okay, this, this, this hamburger is great. You can substitute a plant-based hamburger for that, and it basically tastes the same way. Yes. And lentils, you mentioned about legumes. I mean, the beautiful thing about legumes is that they're very high in protein. People worry, that's one question that people say, well, how am I going to get my protein if I follow a whole food plant-based diet? Um, but uh, there's these people and these, these athletes in a movie called The Game Changers, and there's one fellow... Patrick Baboumian, and he's one of the strongest men in the world. He says, how, how are you as strong as an ox when you don't eat meat? Mm-hmm. And his answer is, well, have you ever eat, seen an ox eat meat? The strongest animals in the world do not eat meat when you think about the, the giraffes, the rhinoceros, the, you know, the cows, the horses. They're very powerful animals, but they don't eat meat. The gorillas, for example, um, they get their, their protein from the plants because plants are not just, uh, uh, they're not just uh, carbs. Mm-hmm. They actually have protein in there, but they, they have the right amount of protein. They also have fat as well, like lentils, for example. Again, it's a great one because it has protein, quite a bit of protein, and it has quite a, quite a bit of fat, but not as much fat that can cause, as I mentioned before, this uh, fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about this whole food plant-based diet mm-hmm. and eating healthy, and even if you do cheat, how does it help with your gut microbe? That's a really good question, Tracy. Uh, it all falls into what you're eating. So if you're eating plant-based foods or animal-based foods, we said about animal-based foods, avoiding the antibiotics, avoiding the steroids, avoiding all that stuff. But the moment you you leave those two groups, because you said before you follow a keto diet, and more or less what I, you did before. I need to get back into that. I think why I haven't yet is because now I want to try and figure out what you were saying about having a whole food plant-based diet Keto wise, yeah. which I didn't know you could do. I thought that was it was bacon and fat, and that was it. I didn't realize that we can do it in a healthful way. Exactly, and that's what the basis of this book here called Metabolical is. Uh, it's written by Dr. Lustig. Uh, his first name is Robert, and this t- talks about the toxic food environment that we live in. Mm-hmm. And you asked about the microbiome. It, whether you're eating plants or animals. If you're avoiding uh, processed, if you're avoiding antibiotics for animals, but if you're avoiding processed, the processed food is the killer. It's what we do to the food that creates this problem. So whenever you, you process food, it becomes, as you mentioned before, all sugar and flour. And what happens to sugar and flour when we eat such an excess, which everybody in North America eats excess uh, flour, is it gets converted to fat. Mm. Excess sugar uh, because our body can't use it, it gets converted to fat and, it, and it, it accumulates in our liver. And so when it accumulates in our liver, uh, we get all these, as I mentioned before, insulin resistance and all these things. And so at the same time, when you're eating um, processed food full of sugar, uh, full of oil, for, full of uh, salt, it goes into your intestine, obviously, and you're not, you're not giving uh, your intestine the fiber that it needs because your intestine 
your, the good bacteria in your stomach need fiber. That's what they survive on. And that's why a lot of the gastrointestinal diseases, from what I understand, when you're not, giving, when you're not feeding your microbiomes, then they'll start attacking your gut. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure, 100% sure about diverticulitis or diverticulosis. It's really confusing because in order to have the good gut health, you have to get rid of all the whites and the, the gluten and stuff like that. But the first thing they tell you when you go into a flare-up is basically eat like crap for a few days and get rid of all the fiber because you want to give your gut a rest. So it, it's hard mm. to figure out how... How to do that? You want you wanted to not have to work for a few days. So whether it's a liquid diet or craft dinner, what you're doing is you're you're going into a fasting state. So mm -hmm. you're allowing because uh, you know once you go into that flare up, you know you want to avoid. Uh, as I agree with you, like seeds and stuff like that. Um, but the fiber, if if a person's eating more of an animal based diet. Uh, they don't have the right sufficient bacteria to digest the fiber. They want their bacteria in their stomach wants animal products to digest the animal products. So the moment you give it fiber, you're right, it could have a flare-up. I think if you follow a, a fast, maybe a water fast or a juice fast for a few days, you got to be careful of fasting too long because your electrolytes could get depleted. But if you did it a couple days, uh, maybe that would help as well. And also I read about uh, gastrointestinal issues and maybe eating like boiled um, vegetables, let's say, mm -hmm. like a squash or something like that that's actually boiled and bland. I don't know if you've ever tried that before. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Mm. Better than nothing, that's for yeah, sure. It At least it'll give you something to fill you up. It's better than having just the the liquid diet. Well, that's the thing. I mean, people can't sustain fasting. For, that's why there's a book called uh, Fasting Mimicking Diet by a, a physician in uh, USC in the States called Dr. Walter Longo. Mm -hmm. And he says that a lot of the ailments uh, can be halted and even reversed and actually increases longevity by doing a little bit of a fast for about five days. But instead of water fasting only, they actually eat uh, low calories, like small, uh, small amount of calories over those five days. And when that fast is over, what that fasting does, it actually improves your immune system big time. And once that's over, they, they just introduce like uh, very uh, light foods, like, you know, fruits and vegetables and stuff, probably like fruits and stuff. So, yeah. Hmm. Now, what are your thoughts on coffee? <laughs> I, I need to ask this because that's just the one thing that I can't give up. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all addicted to different things, you know, like food. I only have two a day, so yeah, yeah. it's not bad. But is it okay to have on this diet? Tracy, you're human, you know. I mean, just so you know, I didn't come here to uh, to be a... To profess, okay, follow no, some extreme. I'm learning a lot yeah, of yeah. stuff here, so yeah, no, I want to make sure that I'm doing it so, properly. So I think um, avoiding the caffeine is important because it can give you insomnia. It can uh, raise your blood pressure. But if you go with decaf, because it tastes the same, you know, people want people want the uh, the caffeine in the morning. And I used to be like that too. But what I found is once you switch your diet from a diet that's focused on, let's say, fat and protein, you start having complex carbs. Mm -hmm. Like my diet is about 80, 70 to 80% complex carbs, not processed carbs, and then uh, about 10 to 15% fat and protein. Once you start getting those complex carbs in your body, you don't need coffee anymore because you have that energy all the time because your body runs on, on glucose, right? Yeah. Not the glucose that's on the table to process sugar, but the one that comes from the whole plants. So when you're giving your body the fuel that it needs, you don't need the coffee. But yeah, coffee is a social thing. You want to have coffee with somebody, you know, you want to have tea, but I would say try to go with the decaf. 
the other thing, if people are trying to control their cholesterol, uh, one thing that helps with cholesterol besides number one, avoiding processed foods and sugars, is reducing your fat intake. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, coffee beans have a, a little bit of fat. And so, of course, you know, most people don't do not do this because they want to, you know, they're, they're used to taking prescription medicines because our society is based on, you know, taking prescription medicines. I mean, that's the whole uh, problem with uh, the medical system. It's based on big food, big pharma, big medicine, and big government. I did know that there is a lot of grease and oils in coffees, various forms of coffee and how you process it, because I, I didn't used to be a barista, but we used to love to have French press. French press is probably the best tasting coffee. It's the truest tasting coffee. But if you look at it, when you first make it, you can see that there is oils and grease, those little pockets up at the top. And I... Never put two and two together until just now when you said it that well, know, it's probably not the best thing. And no, it's as I mentioned. I mean, uh, coffee beans are plants, mm -hmm. and as I mentioned before, plants have oil in them, right? Like some have more. Like avocado has a lot of fat. Walnuts seeds have a lot of fat, and other ones like celery have <laughs> hardly anything, right? But a coffee bean is going to have some fat in it. Yeah, and that's why uh, if you're following a whole food plant based diet, uh, seventy eighty percent of your Food will be carbs, uh, 10 to 15 will be fat and protein, and that's actually what your body really needs. Mm -hmm. uh, the protein, uh, as, long as, as long as we're having a variety, again, of proteins, you're going to have enough uh, what they call essential amino acids, because all we need is nine essential amino acids. And what I want to mention is, you know, when I, you, before I went on a whole food plant based I thought, I can't live without eating meat because, uh, you know, I thought you need to eat meat to, to survive. I think a lot of people have that misconception. Well, that's how we grew up, especially in North America. You had your meat and potatoes. Yeah, you have to differentiate again what's processed, like a whole potato that comes from the ground that you boil mm -hmm. or you bake uh, or you make into mashed potatoes. If you don't, if you don't process it by frying it in oil, mm -hmm. then it's fine. It's a whole food. And once you cut your potatoes up, do you soak them and then rinse them out to get rid of the starches? Well, the potato is all starch. Mm -hmm. So there's a book called uh, called the Starch Solution by Dr. John McDougall. Starch is the mainstay of all these, um, uh, like all these things that we're talking about. Plants, they're all starches. Uh, but the difference between a processed sugar and starch is the starch has all these glucose molecules connected together. And so your body doesn't get all that glucose absorbed at one time. And that's where people don't, don't appreciate the difference between a potato and french fries. Mm -hmm. A french fries are unhealthy for you, not only because they've been cut, but because they've been put in oil. So it's full of oil and then they add, you know, the salt on there. But actual potato is very healthy for you because it's, very, it's uh, very low in calories compared to potato chips, for example or nachos or things like that. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, I know you said it, it bothered you. Uh, peas, peas are another one. Those are all uh, plants that have low calories and yet they make you feel full and they give you the energy. That's excellent. Now, do you have a blog that people can follow? Because you are a font of information. Well, and thank you so much. I don't have a blog, but I do have a website uh, it's just called easttownpharmacy.ca, and it's got my information on there of my personal journey and information about uh, whole food plant-based nutrition. As a matter of fact, if people want to watch Forks Over Knives, I have it on there uh, streaming from two beats free of charge. And, uh, yeah, easttownpharmacy.ca. And they can find you on Facebook as well. And you do have your own podcast, so... 
we will be able to learn a lot more than just the few topics we were able to touch on today. What is that called? Um, my podcast is called um, Plant-Based Wellness Forum. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I think I have eight uh, videos on there right now. And it touches on different things. It's not just about plants. It talks about health in general. And uh, Plant-Based Wellness Forum actually is not just a podcast. It's also what I provide to people. Like I talk to them about uh, hopeful plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine. But uh, I created this thing called Planting a Seed. And so the series under the Plant-Based Wellness Forum is called Planting a Seed. And I have different uh, people that I've already interviewed. Uh, One, for example, is a physiotherapist. Uh, Another one is a... Uh, chiropractor, acupuncturist. There's another fellow who uh, is an athletic trainer, but he actually promotes a whole food plant-based diet. He's actually helped his health big time. And most recently, I had two interesting episodes with a 90-year-old gentleman talking about Blue Zones. He lives here in Windsor, and it just talks about his life and what he did to get to the 90-year uh, stage because he's 90 years old, he's healthy, he drives, he takes minimal medication. You know, what did you do? So... Those are the uh, kind of things I have so far, but I'm looking forward uh, to the next one. Actually, we're going to be doing it here in Clear Rock Studios. I'm really excited about that. Now, where can we find it? Uh, It's under Plant-Based Wellness Forum on YouTube. On YouTube? Okay, excellent, because I am going to start following that one, and I want to learn so much more about this, and I will definitely be having you back on here again. I want to thank you so much, Steve, for being on our show today, and it's been fascinating. Thank you, Tracy. It's truly been my pleasure, and I wish you all the best. And you know what? Hopefully, uh, I'm going to look into the information about yourself, and I'm going to try to help you out as well. Well, thank you again, Steve. And my name is Tracy Martins. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of YQG and Bloom. And I will see you soon. Have a good one.